So I'm Yvette Borden. I am currently fellowshipping with a congregation called Etsayim, which is out of Austin, Texas, which is a Hebraic roots. It is an association of believers. So we follow Christ fully. We know that he is the only way, but learning about the Hebraic roots mm -hmm. and getting the foundation so that we can live in the perfection of what God would have for us. So oftentimes we get into church and we become content with just unsaved or I'm living in the 30 or the 60%. We really are striving to get a understanding of God's word and living in that 100% in the perfection of Yeshua, because we're in him. Mm -hmm. You know, we say we live, move, and have our being in him, and he is perfect, mm -hmm. and we are perfected by him, but we have to live those things out, and in order to live it out, you have to know what the rules and regulations and statutes say. Mm -hmm. So that is who I fellowship with on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Rabbi Israel ben Avraham is who leads that fellowship, but it's just been eye-opening for me. As you said, I am a podiatrist and have been doing so for 30 years. I am currently working at the VA clinic here in Hinesville, oh, Georgia. And I am a veteran as well as serving veterans. I spent time in the military as a medical service corps officer mm -hmm. because of, I was a podiatrist mm -hmm. and even in the military. As you also stated, I am an author, mm -hmm. a book, Who's Your Daddy? Spiritual DNA. I and it just, yes, ma'am. And um, just, to your mic. yes, ma'am. And just going through the, we know how physical DNA work. And so this book kind of takes us through the spiritual DNA connection. So it parallels physical DNA with spiritual DNA. Mm -hmm. It's a great book, by the way. We'll tell everybody at the end. Some of her patients are tagging in. <laughs> yeah. So the podiatry, tell me your journey, though. Um, how did you decide, I want to be a podiatrist? Was this the first thing that you thought of? Were you the six-year-old who massaged perhaps your granddad's feet or your grandma's feet and, and learn things that kind of made you want to care for feet? How did it happen? I was probably the six or eight year old that wanted to be a doctor, mm -hmm. actually. And actually, when I first started off, I thought I wanted to, well, I was looking at being a psychiatrist. But then I found out that I was an emotional and a passionate person. Mm -hmm. And I realized at that time in my life, I took on other people's problems. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to see problems, address them, and let them go. Mm -hmm. And so I moved away from psychiatry because I figured I would end up taking all that in mm -hmm. and end up a basket case myself because I didn't have the tools and didn't know they existed on how to release Every that. Yeah. And in the sixth grade, I had to wear orthopedic shoes and mm -hmm. platform shoes mm -hmm. had come out and everybody was wearing their bell bottoms and platforms. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was in orthopedic shoes and my my father would not let me wear the platform shoes, so I took my babysitting money 
and bought me a pair of platform shoes. And on my way to school, I would stop behind the firehouse and change out of my orthopedic shoes mm -hmm. into my platform shoes. Mm -hmm. And then coming home in the evenings, do the same thing. Well, one evening, uh -oh. coming home from school, <laughs> yep, my dad was driving down the highway and saw me walking in my platform shoes. Oh, but of course, when I got home, I had on my orthopedic shoes. Oh, oh he didn't let you know that he saw you? No, he did not let me know that he saw me. My father was very big on not telling lies. Mm -hmm. And so he would test us. So, of course, I get home and he's like, where are the other shoes at? I, of course, I was trained, so I didn't lie. I went to my bag and pulled out the other shoes and got the I'm so disappointed and we're spending all this money. And back then, you know, that was late 60s, early 70s. Mm -hmm. Money was a big deal yes, and money was yes, tight and I didn't yes. grow up rich and you know, I'm taking money from the other kids and taking money from the food budget. No, I'm number two. Okay. okay. Out of? Out of five. Out of five, yes. Out of five. And uh, I think I would have preferred having the whooping over mm -hmm. the lecture. <laughs> and so at that point, I decided there has to be a way that mm. people can get the correction in their feet without wearing these ugly shoes. Wow. And <laughs> at that age. So, yes. And so, of course, unfortunately, somebody came up with the idea before I did. Mm. So now we have orthotics, which are custom insoles that you can put in your shoes that will do the correction. So it lets you wear more fashionable type shoes. Not that you can wear all fashionable shoes, mm -hmm. but more fashionable type shoes. That's interesting. So they make like those good feet in your yes. sole things that you put inside of any kind of shoe? They go into any kind of shoes. Of course, good feet is like a commercial brand and they just kind of mold them. Mm -hmm. But the actual custom prescription brands, they still mold your feet, but the doctor actually writes a prescription to tell them like how to post it. Like if you your feet flatten out too much, then you post it so that your foot is straighter I and see. if you stand on the outside of your feet then you put the post on the other side mm -hmm. so again to make your foot straighter mm -hmm. so. I'm standing here feeling like I need something in my shoes right now but that's a different conversation <laughs> um, going back to you growing up and um, you grew up in Virginia no Burlington New Jersey, in New Jersey. yes okay True northerner. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. ma'am. Most of my family is still in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So what was the moment after the platform shoes <laughs> and your dad calling you out on that? When did you decide, I do want to pursue podiatry? It was then. It was then. And um, I just decided that that's what I wanted to do. And even though throughout my high school and college careers, I actually had people who tried to move me into other areas of medicine, mm -hmm. but just stubbornness because this is what I said, so this is what I'm going to do. Plan A is plan A. Is plan A. And uh, the podiatrist that uh, had treated me as a child mm -hmm. was still in practice when I graduated from college. When I entered into podiatry school, he wrote me a letter of recommendation. When it came time for me to do a residency program, he gave me a recommendation. Of course, on in the summers, when I would come home, sometimes I would go to his office. So I actually kind of dabbled in it a little bit through my educational years mm -hmm. and in my mind there was nothing else hmm. 
So it just seems like it was just an organic path for you to take. Yes, yes, ma'am. It was, yeah, I say it was stubbornness, but I like that better. <laughs> it was supposed to be. It was supposed, it was supposed to, to be. be. And so you left, you went to undergrad um, somewhere and then to... I went to Cabrini, well, I graduated from Cabrini College in Radnor, Pennsylvania, which is out in the main line area by Villanova. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went to Pennsylvania College of Podiatric Medicine, which was in downtown Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. From there, I did a residency program, actually did two, one in Richmond, Virginia, and that's where I bought my first house. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there for a while. And then, of course... I joined the reserves, the Army Reserves, mm -hmm. and then Desert Storm hit, and of course I knew nothing about the Army Reserve other than it paid my car note every month. <laughs> <laughs> it was just economic. Economic. It was completely economic, <laughs> and one weekend we get the call that we are being activated, Ooh, and I'm completely caught off guard, yes. got activated for Desert Storm. Mm -hmm had finished my residency program, started a practice in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, you were already started, you'd already started a practice? Had already started a practice, but it was less than a year old. Okay. And so, of course, without you being there, mm -hmm. it folded, it mm -hmm. failed. So, you know, failure's okay sometimes. And I stayed in the military. So while I was in the military, they sent me to Walter Reed. I met the chief of podiatry mm -hmm. for the army. I actually worked for him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, we just need to get you surgically trained. So him being the chief of podiatry, he put me into the Army's podiatry residency program. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I got my surgical training at. Right. And then I stayed on in the Army until I got to Fort Stewart and then once I got to Fort Stewart, <laughs> my chain of command was difficult. Mm. And I was just like, you know, I'm not making that much money. And um, I think I need to get out. And also at that time, Liberty Regional Hospital Medical Center was expanding. And uh, they wanted a podiatrist because, you know, we do surgery, which brings in money, but our patients don't stay in the hospital, so they don't cost the facility a lot of money. And so the hospital had found out that I was in town and that I was getting out. And I went to the bank one day and the vice president asked if I would come in to see, see him. And I did. And he asked, would I stay in Hinesville? And uh, had I considered staying in Hinesville to mm -hmm. open a practice? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't, and I didn't have any plans, even though I got out the army to leave Hinesville. Yeah. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> the rest is history. The Heritage Bank loaned me the funds to start my business and... Always feet. Always feet. Yes, always, always feet. feet. And so I opened a practice here mm -hmm. and I was in practice here 1997 mm -hmm. until 2009. Two, yeah, wow. 2009. Time flies. Time time, the, the numbers run together. Yeah, time flies. And then, so then you relocated. I relocated. I went to Virginia again. Mm -hmm. I have circles in my life. I went back to Virginia and worked with a group of orthopedic surgeons okay. to learn some more rear foot surgical skills. Mm -hmm. And the money was great there, but the stress was mm -hmm. enormous. Mm -hmm. And I had just gotten to the point where medicine had changed a lot from mm -hmm. when I first entered. Mm -hmm. And I decided 
hmm, maybe this is not what I want anymore. You started kind of questioning it. Huh? Started kind of questioning it. Thank God I had become debt free mm-hmm. and I was Thank driving. God. Yes. yes, yes. And I was coming home from work one day and I was talking to one of my friends and she said, isn't the reason you became debt free so you wouldn't be beholden to a job? Mm-hmm. And the light bulb went off. And I said, you're right. Yes. And so I went in and I gave my notice mm-hmm. and I was going to be done with medicine. Wow. When a friend of mine uh, <laughs> called me from Shreveport, Louisiana and asked me, you know, I had told him, I said, you know, I'm done. I'm out. And he's like, would you consider coming down here? I need need a little bit of help. He's so, like, so he's a podiatrist. He's a podiatrist. Okay, so your friends, your circle, your friend circle were My other friend, other podiatrists, yes. other doctors. Uh-huh. And he was chief at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just come down for a year, you know, because he he had been chief for a year or two, and mm-hmm. he just needed to get some things straight. And he's like, just come down for a year, and after everything's straight, you can go. Wow. And um, I need your help. To I need this. your help. Okay. And. Uh, I was like, hmm, I didn't leave anything in Louisiana. Had you never been to Louisiana? I had only been to Fort Polk, Louisiana one time (laughs) um, for the debt meds training because, you know, debt meds came along and that's how the Army moved their medical personnel and units. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana Mm -hmm. for debt meds training. But that did not make me want to go back again. (laughs) So I went to Shreveport and worked with a great group of people there Mm -hmm. and got to really help veterans and didn't have to worry about the stress of the finances of Mm -hmm. medicine, Mm -hmm. which is what I did not like. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. I love helping people. So just kind of talk about the finances um, of medicine. Help us understand. You mean how they make money? How they make money. Yes. So people think, oh, you're a doctor and you make plenty of money and you just have so much money. But what they fail to understand is our fees are set by the insurance companies and those EOBs that you get in the mail from your insurance companies explanation of benefits Uh you get whenever you go to the doctors and most people don't look at them you just like you know file it away or you pull it out when you get a bill from the doctor Um, will show you what the fees are what the insurance company paid and what's your part to pay Mm -hmm. and so that's what we live off of, you know, is what we get from the insurance company and then people paying their Their portion of their bill, their copay, their deductions. So you have to negotiate your fees with the insurance company. The doctors do. The doctors do. Mm -hmm. So every year or every two years, you're doing that negotiation. That's kind of distracting. Yes. And then you still have to pay malpractice insurance. You have to pay overhead insurance for your practice. If somebody comes into your office and trips and falls and then you also have to deal with all your employees and their insurance and their insurance needs and unemployment insurance and, and, and business. It's business. Business is not for the faint of heart. It is not not for the faint of heart. And everyone gets paid before you. Before you do. So one of the things I did when I started my business, the other hat I wore 
was when I started my practice, I actually also was a teacher. Mm -hmm. I taught at Midway Middle School when it first opened up as a science teacher. So I did that so that I could draw a salary for myself and not have to touch the the business. But that was a way to make sure there was enough finances to keep the business up and running. And people don't always see the juggling behind the scenes. But at one point there were some physicians who were working and they did not they did not always have the funds to pay their employees. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself that this was a godly business. I donated to God. Yeah. You know, even in business, we are to be God yeah. in That's Christ's right. life. That's right. That's right. And I said, I would never do that. Yeah. So again, even on the weeks where money were was lean, I made sure my employees mm-hmm. were paid. Yeah. And so I had to find another means to Pay make yourself. sure make sure my bills but got you, paid. Yes, yes. So so God again mm-hmm. intervened and I, I always love her for this and I say she's always gonna be a part of my story. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peterson. Mm-hmm. was the Cheryl principal. Peterson. Cheryl Peterson yes, was yes. the principal at Midway Middle School. She also came to me, so I hope I'm not violating HIPAA, but she asked me, she's like, you teach. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a teacher. Have you ever thought about, you know, doing something in the school system? And, you know, at the time my practice was slow and, you know, I was only open certain days and mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, no, I never really thought about it. But, you know, she was like, here, you know, she brought me all the stuff and gave me. Cheryl Peterson. Yes, she <laughs> gave me. She was a wonderful she woman. Is. She's in Wonder. Brunswick, I think, still. So they do listen. The show is it right. is. Yeah, it is. is. Dr. Brunswick Peterson, yes. if you get this, please reach yes. out and get in touch with me. I would love to wow, get in touch with beautiful. you again. Yeah. But so that's how. So I was teaching at Midway Middle School yeah. also. Wow. Wow. Amazing. You know, that is amazing because. Um, Nobody hears this. Yeah, I mean, so many nuggets in what you just said. And your first practice always feet was about 12 years here. Yes, ma'am. About 12 years. And I always heard great things about you, your staff. Bless God. The whole whole practice, right? And so when I started thinking about podiatry and uh, podiatric medicine, I started thinking about the number of women, the number of African-Americans in that particular field because you were the first podiatrist that I met. So I kind of looked up some statistics and I found out that only 0.7% of podiatrists in the country are African-American. Wow. And um, that's a small percentage and it's a small percentage of women as well. And so we talked about this before we went live about how you never even thought about being the only person in the room of color because you had a circle of friends and a network that you found support with an identity who had your perspective, right? Yes, yes. And actually that just makes me think of something else Mm. because I never realized Mm. how small of a circle it was because I was in the circle. And so everywhere I looked, Mm we were all the same. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to realize that whatever circle you're in now, yes. whatever place you have been planted in mm-hmm. is not the entirety of the situation. Exactly. Exactly. So you may be, even when you're in a small circle, if you're surrounded by people of like mind, mm-hmm. like heart, mm-hmm. like destiny, mm-hmm. there's still a chance for you to be successful because those people are all pushing you Mm -hmm. as you push them. Mm -hmm. So don't get 
you know, this is just a nugget that just kind of popped into my mind. Don't get upset or dejected or feel bad if you get into the bigger circle and you're the only one. That's right. That's know right. that there's a circle Mm-hmm. of like-minded people for you that will help to encourage you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to seek that out and sometimes you'll just land slap dab in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, don't let you being the minority yeah. stop you from your destiny right. or from achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. From having a broader perspective of opportunities, of things that you can do, just because you don't see any, we don't see anybody doing Doing what we are dreaming of doing doesn't mean that we cannot do it. And you know, if we're the only one in the room, and I thought about this coming in, I was the only one African American <laughs> officer in the room a lot of times. I never really thought about it until after my time in those kinds of units. But I did find out that I did found some learning opportunities there. I found networking opportunities, even if I was the only person in the room, only African-American, only female in the room, I could learn from those rooms. Yes, ma'am, because a lot of times when you are in those rooms, because there have been many times when I will look around the room Mm -hmm. and I will say, God, why am I I in this room? Why am I in this room? Because I look around and I see what is in the room Mm -hmm. and I don't see anything that's me that should have me in this room. But I know that God has put me in in this room for a reason. It may not be for you to speak. It may not be for you to be the center of attention, Mm -hmm. but you glean. Mm -hmm. You You glean every idea, every thought, Mm -hmm. and not that you have to act on it, but you put those things away And at some point in your life, it will come back up. And then you can use all that information. So wherever you find yourself, I like to tell people, you are designed to produce, Mm -hmm. to blossom and to grow wherever you find yourself planted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I bring something in the room. You bring something in the room. Even if my skin color is different or my gender is different. I bring something in the, we bring something in the room. Yeah, and we bring our perspective. Yes. And a lot of times we don't understand how important mm-hmm. our perspective is. is. And again, it's because we've been so closed that most people we're around have the same perspective. Right. And we take that for granted that this is just the norm. Mm-hmm. But it's not everybody's everybody's norm. norm. So we got to be open. Have to be open. We have to be open because the Lord will put us in rooms for opportunity. Mm. Yes. For us to, we're bringing something in the room and we're receiving something in the room. Yes, ma'am. So kind of hold that thought. We're going to take a break and uh, come back and we're going to jump right in and talking about more, more, right? If you're just tuning in to Conversations with Daisy Jones, I'm talking to Dr. Yvetta Borden. She is a board certified participant dietrist, an evangelist, a teacher of the word. She's an intercessor. We've been talking about everything. So stick around. Come right back. 94.9, 106.3 from the heart of Hinesville. We'll be right back.
Oh. Welcome back to the conversation. I'm Daisy Jones, and I've been talking live with Dr. Yvetta Borden. She is a board-certified podiatrist and a minister, evangelist, and a teacher. She's a former school teacher. We've been talking about midway yes, school days. And so we've been, uh, we left the conversation off at the st- station break, and we were talking about when you find yourself the only one in the room that looks like you, l- know that it's an opportunity for you to bring something and for, for you to glean something out of that room. So um, Dr. Borden, we were talking about that before the break and how we should welcome those opportunities yes, ma'am. and start speaking to ourselves so we can become more, more relaxed and more open because of what we learn when we're at the table and the gifts that we bring when we're at the table. Yes, it's so easy to just shut down, mm-hmm. you know, and just be there but not there. Mm-hmm. You know, you put your smile on your face and you sit, you know, in your seat and you don't engage. Yes. But if you are there, then you're meant to engage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the engagement is just in receiving, but you receive all that you can. And then if given the opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, if given the opportunity to speak, then know that you were placed in that room for a reason. Mm -hmm. You are not less than. Not less than. You are not less than. And you know, there's something, there's a scripture came to my mind while you were talking. When you get the opportunity to speak, right? Yes, ma'am. I was thinking about be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared to speak because there's a scripture in Proverbs says that um, they only know you're a fool because you opened the eyes of your mouth. So you were sitting there. With all dignity and, and everything, you know, everybody knew you were representing in the room, but then you opened your yeah, mouth. Open your mouth. Well, be prepared to be prepared. speak and let be it be meaningful. That's good. Right? Yes. And that's why you have to be in other circles. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you always have to agree or be on the same thing, but you have to know what is out there. You have to know what people are thinking. You have to know what's being talked about. You have to know what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. We are to be in the world, just not of the world. That's the word, yeah. So you need to know what's going on. So never keep yourself so isolated and shut down that you can't talk intelligently Mm -hmm. on any subject. Mm -hmm. That's why reading is so important. It is so important. Reading is still it is important it is and as you were speaking I, I just thought about how you know we there's another scripture we we like too that your gift will make, make room, room for, for you that's the word bring, be, bring you before a great people. people that's right? the word yes. so as we're thinking about that sometimes we have certain platforms in mind in our framework because of who is in our circle we just have a certain platform yes that we feel is big enough for us, right? Mm-hmm. But great men, those are huge. There are multiple types of platforms yes, that our gifts can bring us to. Yes, yes And ma'am. preparation to just sharpen our gifts, stir up our gift, be prepared in our gift because it's just what God can do is exceeding abundantly above anything I can just even think. And I had some moments like that where I never even thought of something the Lord told me uh, about a month ago just in worship and came into my mind never even would have fathomed it but it was from the Lord right? yes yeah and he's the one who places us yes. in those circles you, you really have to understand mm-hmm. that if you're walking if you're a believer and you're walking with him yeah he's going to do just what he said mm-hmm. years ago this woman 
came up to me and, and she was on her way out and she said, please call me, I have a word for you. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is gonna be some big, deep, heavy word. I'm all excited and everything. Sure. And this is what she told me. It has just guided my life. Mm -hmm. She says, if God is who he says he is, mm -hmm. and then she went on to add, he is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then why aren't you living like it? Mm -hmm. That's good. If God is everything he says he is, and he really is, he really, everything in the Bible, everything he has revealed himself to me or to you in your private time on who he is, mm -hmm. if we really believe that, if we really, believe, if we really believe that, right. it changes the way we it live. It and it has forever, yes. forever changed my life. I will never be the person. And when she first gave it to me, I was like, Really? Like I'm waiting for this big, deep, you know, prophetic thing because I knew who the woman was that was giving it to yes. me. It wasn't until that night when I was going to bed after I had, you know, spent my time in prayer in the Bible and I went to bed and it was still in my mind. Yeah. God specifically said, what else do you want? Yes. I'm giving you all of me. Yes. I am letting you know yes. to live in the fullness of yes. who I am. Yes. And I had to repent. Mm -hmm. I had to repent for thinking it was something small. Mm -hmm. But it has forever changed my life. Yeah, it, 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 cha it changed how you think. It changed how I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Yeah, that brings us into this whole mindset of exceeding. Abundantly. Abundantly. It does sound Above. good to quote these things. They're yes, rhythmic. They're rhythmic. They sound good. All these things. But they are true. And living it is better than reciting it's, it's, it. It's better. It's yes, better. Yes, it's better than even knowing it to live it. And yes, it's available. You can live it. You know, so, so we've got to really drill down and, and um, open up. Just open up more. Just yes. open up more to the Lord and what he is saying. And not just our frames. Our frames. And here's the other thing. God is eternal. Mm -hmm. Our heavenly father is eternal. Yes. So what do we have to fear? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have nothing to fear because all of this stuff that we see and feel and deal with is temporal. It's all temporary. Yes. He is eternal. Our destiny is eternal. Yes. So where's fear coming from? So we got to work on that. Got to get back to that. these feet now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're going to talk about these feet. Let's talk about these feet, the condition of the feet. I want to jump into some of the most prevalent problems that you have seen okay. with feet. So probably most foot problems do come from footwear. Because mm -hmm. we want to, even men, you know, they want to be fashionable. Men, men want their, you know, shoes to match their suits and they want to be fashionable. And men think Stacey Adams are so great. But to me, that's like just the female version of high heels. Mm -hmm. Even uh, cowboy boots mm -hmm. to me are a male version mm -hmm. of high, a female's high heels. This is a podiatrist speaking. <laughs> yes, yes. We're not talking about just an opinion. A fashioner. Or certified podiatrist <laughs> explaining this, right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of times, and men have available to them more sound footwear than women do. Mm -hmm. But there, women, it's out there. But a lot of times we don't want to spend money on it. Mm -hmm. And again, I, you know, but shoe wear has a lot to do. Shoes don't change the way your foot works, like people say, oh, I have a bunion because I wore two small shoes. Mm -hmm. No, you know, the bunion is probably hereditary. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go back, your mama had them, your daddy had them, your grandma, your grandma, somebody in your family had them, mm -hmm. especially if you have them on both feet. Mm 
Now, when you only have it on one foot, then that may have been a trauma. You may have injured your foot. You may have, you know, torn a ligament to the big toe or something, you know, when you were playing football or in the military, you know, a rock marching or mm -hmm. something. But if they're on both feet, that's hereditary. Mm -hmm. Shoes are not going to make it and they're not going to make it better, but you can wear shoes that accommodate for the deformity so that your feet do not hurt. Mm -hmm. Beauty does not have to hurt. hurt yeah. I heard that all my life. I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And what about toenails? Toenails, so another thing that happens, it usually happens in the fall of the year because women will wear their toenails a little longer in the summer mm -hmm. because they're wearing their sandals and they're you know, wearing their pedicures and their toenails look all good and then it'll start getting cold and they'll take those longer toenails and put them into their closed in shoes. Mm. And so at that point they start getting pain in their toes and it, just cut the toenails and the pain will disappear because <laughs> the nails are hitting inside the shoes. Mm -hmm. And then we have of course fungus toenails mm -hmm. and that can come from Fungus is in the air, it's in the water, it's in the soil. It's not a cleanliness problem. So don't get offended if somebody says you have athlete's foot or fungus toenails. It's not a, we're not saying that you're dirty. It's not a cleanliness problem, it's everywhere. But you get a break in your skin or in, or in the toenail and the fungus can get in. And once it's in there, it grows and it flourishes. Mm -hmm. Again, fungal toenails, you know, they have all these Remedies, old-fashioned, over-the-counter, wives' tales remedies, yeah. and some of them will make them look better temporarily, mm -hmm. but the true cure is, right now, the best we have is an oral medication that you can take, uh -huh. so you have to see a physician to get it prescribed to mm -hmm. you. Again, making sure that your athlete's foot, you know, the fungus on your skin, mm -hmm. that that doesn't get out of control, because it can, because that's usually how it spreads to the toenail. Mm -hmm. And again, fungus likes a dark, moist environment. Mm -hmm. We can't do anything about the darkness because you wear socks and shoes, but we can do something about the moisture. Mm -hmm. So making sure your feet, if your feet sweat, then change your socks at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. Something that simple. Yes. What about the people who have toe jam? <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It is funny. Bad toe jam. Toe jam usually is a problem because you're not cleaning between your toes. Oh, okay. okay. So it's, 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 it's a buildup of skin. Oh. You know, our skin cells, you know, you don't get it on your hands because you're always doing something with your hands mm -hmm. and you're spreading your fingers apart and you, you know, all over your body, most of the dust in your house come from skin cells. Mm -hmm. So we're always shedding skin cells, but when you're in shoes and in socks, mm -hmm. a lot of times those shedded skin cells don't have any place to go, and they, so they build up in between your toes. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, you start getting, you know, now it's you have something dead sitting there mm -hmm. in a dark, so moist environment, and then you start getting the smell and <laughs> yes, yeah. so that's where that comes from. Okay, so what are some of the other feet problems that you see before we start talking about the care of feet? Okay, so of course you have bunions. Yes. We talked about those a little bit. That's really a genetic problem. You have hammer toes when your toes start to stick up, like they look like they're grabbing the ground and they <laughs> stick up in top of your shoes. So a lot of times that comes from them. That may come from wearing shoes too small. Mm -hmm. It can also come from back issues. Oh, wow. Because you, with the low back, you lose, sometimes you lose sensation in your lower extremity or in your feet. 
And so in order to navigate walking, you don't feel the ground as well. So you grab oh, the ground with your that's toes. That's a response. That's a response. Mm. Also, people who are diabetic, mm -hmm. um, because the same thing, diabetics get what we call diabetic neuropathy, a nerve issue. Mm -hmm. They start losing some of the sensation in their feet. So they're off balance. They feel off kilter. So they grab mm -hmm. the ground, grab the inside of their shoes with their toes trying to get that stability. If you watch a, a child walk when they're first learning to walk, they walk with a wide leg, their toes are grabbing because they're looking for that stability. So if we lose that sensation that tells us where, we, where our feet are on the ground, a lot of times that will lead us to have hammer toes. So it can come from shoes too small, it can come from back issues, it can come from diabetes. And it can also be hereditary as well. Mm -hmm. It can also be hereditary as mm -hmm. well. So hammer toes, bunions, plantar fasciitis, oh, yes. or heel pain is another big one. And a lot of times, hate to say it, because I'm overweight, but sometimes it will come from being overweight. Plantar fasciitis. Yes, because actually the plantar fascia runs from the heel bone mm -hmm. up to the ball of your foot mm -hmm. and you know where the fat pads are before your toes join in and when you're heavier your foot wants to flatten out because mm -hmm. just because it's under the weight mm -hmm. and that puts the plantar fascia under strain but also activities can do it mm -hmm. if you have a flat foot again which is genetic that can do it people who have high arch feet as we get older, our ligaments start to loosen up and then it starts to stretch out. So that can put a pull on the plantar fascia. Mm -hmm. Pregnant women, mm -hmm. because they put on weight in a short period of time, mm -hmm. but also at the end of the pregnancy, the same hormone that releases so that the pelvis opens up also loosens up the ligaments in wow. the feet. And wow. so it's true that a lot of pregnant women's feet will grow a shoe size or half a shoe size. Mm -hmm. And that's because those ligaments loosen up mm -hmm. what they're doing what they're supposed to do and your feet will change size. Mm -hmm. So is it true that your feet get um, larger as you get older? Yes, that I'm is noticing, true. I'm noticing something. Yeah. Because they don't want us to fall over. Yeah, they're, they're cute. <laughs> they're growing. Well, the ligaments, and it's not that the, the bones are not growing. The bones are right. staying the same. Yeah. But those ligaments that were tight and taut and held up the arch are loosening and so the arch is flattening out which lengthens that foot out a little bit mm -hmm. so yeah wow so is there particular foot care for ages or the same foot care applies to every age same foot care applies to every age so what are some of the things we need to do basic ones keep your feet clean and dry mm -hmm. make sure you dry between your toes and when i say dry just kind of dab in between the toes don't take a cloth and saw yes. in between your toes that's mm -hmm. not good that skin is very gentle in there so just kind of dab between it so clean and dry mm -hmm. you know shouldn't have to say it but change your socks every day if you wear socks today don't wear them again tomorrow mm -hmm. you know if you sleep in socks don't sleep in the socks that you've worn all day mm -hmm. put on a clean pair of socks and then the next day put on another clean pair of socks mm -hmm. Wear socks that fit. You know, if you're seeing imprints on your ankles or wherever the sock hits, that sock does not fit. Mm -hmm. So now, when we were kids, we had to share some things. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Socks. You put the socks on and flip the toe around your foot. Yes, ma'am. Do you remember anything? I do. Yes, ma'am. But that wasn't bad. It, it wasn't wearing it them too hurt. big, but wearing them too small is another thing. Exactly. I just remembered that moment, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so that's okay. So clean 
socks that fit you well. Same with shoes, shoes that fit. And here's the thing, shoe manufacturers no longer use the same sizing chart. So you can wear a nine, a nine and a half, and a 10, and all of them fit you properly, mm -hmm. but it's because manufacturers don't, you know, it used to be a, a nine in Nike was a nine in Reeboks, was mm -hmm. a nine in Saucony, was a nine in Brooks. Mm -hmm. But now, and Nike was the start of it, mm -hmm. they changed their shoe size. So if you wear a nine in Nikes, you might wear a nine and a half in a Brooks mm -hmm. or a Reeboks. Mm -hmm. So don't get hung up on, on your shoe size. You, I noticed you didn't mention the Hoka shoe. So Hoka is a very comfortable shoe. Yeah. It is a very comfortable shoe shoe you put it on you feel like you're walking on clouds yeah they put them out as shoes for runners mm -hmm. and I know some people that do run in it because it gives them the extra shock absorption mm -hmm. however the price of hokas yes. they're, they're not cheap they're not cheap no. to me they don't give you you're you're only going to wear a hoka if you wear it every other day or every third day you're still only going to get about three months wear out mm -hmm. of it so for me mm -hmm. And you'll notice, you'll notice the shoes start moving and sliding. Mm -hmm. So for me, yes. I'm a Brooks fan, yeah. I'm a, a New Balance fan. The, and yes, they're a little pricier, but you're going to get, you know, six to nine months wear instead of three months wear. But Hoka's mm -hmm. a very comfortable shoe. Mm -hmm. It's wide enough. It's a good shoe. It's just not going to last it's you. It's not going to last you. Okay, what about foot massages? Professional good foot massages, right? Well, any foot massage okay. is good. <laughs> Any foot massage is good. It just it relaxes you. Eastern medicine has the acupressure points, mm -hmm. and there's something to all of that. So mm -hmm. any foot massage is good. It's going to make you feel good. But I am not, if you have a wound or something, I am not a fan mm -hmm. of soaking your feet. Okay. If you do soak your feet, you know, before your foot massage. Yes. Vinegar and water, Yes. baking soda and water, only a quarter cup of vinegar, a tablespoon of baking soda. You can use Epsom salt, but remember salts all dry the skin, so you're gonna need a moisturizer afterwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just stop there. Your body doesn't stop at its ankle, so please put lotion on your feet. You're supposed to moisturize them as well. <laughs> My mom, Vaseline. Vaseline. Vaseline everything up. Vaseline. And, and we grew up with Vaseline, grew up with it. but lotion. lotion. Because Vaseline does not absorb into the skin. It's oh. good if you live someplace windy and cold like Alaska, Chicago. It stops the wind. It puts an extra barrier on. I see, I but see. for us here in Georgia yes. and the Southeast, yes. you want something that the skin's going to actually absorb so that the skin moisturizes what and type, conditions. So what type of products do you recommend? Um, I like Lubriderm. I like Nivea, you know, the old Vaseline intensive care still works. Jergen still works. Mm -hmm. um, you just want something with a little weight, mm -hmm. but not tacky. Mm -hmm. And you just have to rub it all the way in. So you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. A good lotion. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, we've got to take care of our feet. We can massage our own feet while you're sitting down. doing. It doesn't things. feel the same, but I you know can. <laughs> But we can do that self-care of massaging yes, our feet, exercising our ankles and yes, things like that to make ourselves even feel better. Every day we can do that. Flexibility is the key mm -hmm. as you get older. Mm -hmm. Muscle tone and muscle strength is important, mm -hmm. but if you don't have the flexibility, so things like Tai Chi and stretching and even yoga, you know, I know there's some controversy over that, but all of keeping your flexibility yes. is important because you don't move the same way you moved when you were young. Exactly. So you 
start using that flexibility. Mm -hmm. So that flexibility, you need it in your feet, in your ankles, in your toes. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to give you the last word because we're running out of time. And I want to give you the last word and also how people can reach out to you and where people can get your book. Mm -hmm. So the book should still be on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked in a while. Who's your daddy is the name of the book. Who's, who's your daddy, you. spiritual DNA. Mm -hmm. And um, my email address is E Echo L Lima B Bravo V Victor E Echo T Tango at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Borden, for being on the show today. I appreciate everything you have shared with us and empowered us and enriched us to be uh, better. Be better. Take care of ourselves on a, a better level. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning into Conversations with Daisy Jones. We've had another interesting conversation with an interesting person who has something interesting to say <laughs> to help us live better. So thank you again for tuning in. Now, I've had people ask me about my book. You can find it on where books are sold, Amazon and wherever other books are sold. Private lessons, private battles, noticing that God notices you. You can follow me on Facebook and Insta. Go to my website, conversationswithdaisyjones.com. If you're interested, people are asking me about nonprofits. You got to reach out to me on tealliveslegacy.com. Shout out to my love, Jones. <laughs> and as always, I say this, in these days of ever-evolving technology, a conversation is still the most powerful communication on the planet. Season your words with grace. Speak life. Think about what you're going to say. Make it a great day and we'll talk next time right here on Conversations with Daisy Jones.